Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, guys. How's about you doing? Good? Come on, you look fantastic. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look better than you did yesterday. There you go. Some of you just got the compliment of your life right there. Hey, listen, we're super excited, man, to be here for, um, man, just another amazing week. And, and we want to let you know that uh, before I move any further, I want to take just a second. We're going to pray. Um, one of our, for those of you that have been with this a little while, you know that we give our national missions program goes to an organization called ARC. And ARC is a church planning network. And one of our, there's an ARC church plant. There's actually 20 of them happening, happening this month. So that's phenomenal. Um, yeah, you can clap for that because uh, you helped make that happen. So thank you. Part of every dollar you give here at TC goes to helping ch- plant churches across America and the world. Um, but someone very close to home in Gulf Shores, Forward Church is launching right now, Pastor Daniel Jones. And so I'm just going to pray for him real quick. And I want you guys to agree with me. This is a brother, right, guys? This is part of our ARC family. And so let's pray for him real quick. So, Father, we just pray right now over Forward Church and Pastor Daniel and his family. God, we just pray blessing. We pray, God, that you just draw people in from every way, every walk of life, every place, God. I just pray that you fill their house, Father, and encourage them, God, to carry on the message, the good news of who Jesus is. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So listen, we're in the Heart of the House series, and man, we're super pumped. How many guys have ever um, tried to do one of those things where you, you take a picture with something in the background, and you're holding it, but you're not really holding it? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know ever tried to do that? How many of y'all know it takes 10 to get one right? Up there just looking dumb. We got some examples I want to show you guys. We can throw them up there real quick. So uh, where, where are we at? Are they, are they coming? Okay, there they are. So she's, hold, she's not really holding that tower, though, right? So uh, then the next one... Uh, He's, he's holding it up so it don't fall. What's the next one? Okay, this guy. He needs a button, his top button, but whatever. All right. These two, no wonder it's leaning, right? Of course, that's right. But then, uh, it, it, yeah, we've got the tower here. These guys are holding it up so it doesn't fall, right? And then this person. But how many guys know it doesn't always go according to plan, right? What, what do we got, guys? Yeah, that didn't work out for them, right? So... What, what else do we got? Mm, you missed it a little bit, right? So, yeah, the, the, the Eiffel Tower. No, that's not where it's at, sir. All right? And then this guy's holding the moon. So, uh, everyone say fail. Yeah, that didn't work out so well for him, right? So, but... Uh, so uh, all that to say is, how many you guys have ever tried to do some of those things? And, and it's really easy... Even though, even the people that were doing it well, it's kind of easy to find out where things don't belong. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And sometimes we find ourselves in a position where we're trying to find a place where we belong. And I would dare say uh, that Transformation Church, who we are as a church, because we're, we're in the Heart of the House series. And the Heart of the House is really telling, uh, kind of leading you guys with our vision, who we are. Like Pastor Dan already said, the different concepts that really define us as a church, at least on how we want to lead and how we want to love people. And, and so uh, we are in a constant place of creating somewhere where you belong. Like we're constantly creating a place where you belong, right? And so today we're actually going to tackle two different codes because they kind of work together, two portions of our code, I should say. Uh, And so they kind of work together. And so we want to give those to you today because we are constantly, like I said, 
We always want to create a place where you know you belong. Hopefully, when you walked in the door, someone greeted you with a smile. If they didn't, tell me who they are, and we'll move them over to a computer or somewhere. They don't have to interact with people. Okay? I grew up in church where uh, it was like, oh, you want to serve? Here, come be an usher. Oh, you want to serve? Here, come be a greeter. And it's like, listen, Sister Sandpaper hates people. Don't, she'd be rubbing everyone the wrong way. Don't put her at the greeting door, right? Because she looks miserable, right? How many of y'all know people that their face tells you more than their heart does? <laughs> it's like, why do you hate everything so much? So there's this idea that we want to talk to you about today, about creating a place to belong. And there's, there's, a, there's an approach we want to do that, but we're going to jump straight into what we got. So I want to give you, first of all, the first code statement that we have for you today is this idea that there is a ring ready. Say ring. Now, I know for you, that's like, I don't know what that means. Don't worry. Like, we'll, we'll help you in a minute. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you what it means. But there is a ring ready. And the idea behind that, the tagline, so if you're new or this is your first time, we, we, we're given a statement of our code, and then each statement is attached to a, a phrase. And the phrase is, we will give our resources cheerfully for the win. Say win. We'll give our resources cheerfully for the win. And we're going to give you a scripture reference in a second. But real quick, before we go into that, I, I kind of want to talk to you about basic needs, right? So there are some, there are some basic needs we want to talk to you about. Um, and so let's, let's have a look at, uh, at that real quick, guys. Here, uh, you got, it, you got the, the roll? Oh, wait, that's, wait, that's not it. That's, uh, uh, <clears throat> what? My bad. That wasn't it. Uh, let's look at the other needs. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, so let's look at the real needs, right? So let's talk about, there's actually this idea called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, right? And on Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, they describe the five needs that we all have in our life, right? And so uh, we're going to take a trip down those real quickly because I want to, we've talked about this before, but I want to catch you up. These are, these are areas that all of us have in our life. Now, Maslow started with five, but they actually added three more later on. So there's a total of eight, and we're going to hit those real quick. The first one is your physical needs. You need to eat. Come on, somebody. Yay. Now, I don't know if you need to eat pizza, burgers, and Dunkin', or, and uh, Krispy Kreme. I almost spit some heresy right there. Y'all heard that? Uh, but Krispy Kreme, I don't know if you need to do all that, but you need to eat. You need to breathe. You need to sleep, right? That needs to happen. Next is your safety needs. Safety needs. How I many of you know you, there's, a, there's a need in your own life to protect yourself, to take care of yourself, right? So there's your safety needs. Then there's your love needs. Your love needs. That's the idea of relationships, this idea of belonging, right? There's, a, there's a, a, a way that we all need to experience love in our life. Then there's the esteem needs. Your esteem needs. And so what that is, is like be, being encouraged, being lifted up, having positive, positivity spoken over you. How many guys have ever met someone that lived in a constantly toxic environment who are constantly toxic? Why? Because we need to have our esteem built up. Then there's our cognitive needs. That's our desire to know, right? Like, I want to know where they got that pizza, okay? So, like, there's, there's the cognitive information. That's why we have the Discovery Channel and stuff like that. Then there's our aesthetic needs, which is where we appreciate beauty and, 
And when we stop, me and my wife have a habit, we love to do it. We love to stop when the, when the sky is starting to turn that orangish, pinkish, bluish, purplish color. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so we love to do that. And that's the aesthetic needs, to appreciate beauty. And then we have our self-actualization needs. And the self-actualization needs is, is realizing what gives you purpose in life. Realizing why you're here, right? We all have a need to be needed, is what they say. And then lastly, and this is the one that kind of drives the point home of what we're going to talk about a little bit today, is our transcendence needs. And the idea behind the transcendence need is that in each one of us is a need to live a life bigger than ourselves. Matter of fact, I'll put it to you this way. How many guys have ever maybe given someone $5 before that needed it or you helped someone, you helped, maybe a, uh, someone needed help pushing their car into a parking lot because they ran out of gas or, or you, you've done something to help somebody, right? Anybody ever done that before? You know that feeling that you get on the inside where you, you, people have even taught you, you're not supposed to feel good about helping people. You should just do it. Well, I say that the Bible's pretty clear that there's a fulfillment desire inside of us that says that there is a need that needs to be met where we live a life beyond ourselves. And so there's actually eight of those, and so we wanted to give them to you. But the thing is, is with your transcendence needs, all, each one of us has gifts. There's something inside of you right now that God has placed in you. He has birthed in you. He's given a desire and a passion for. He's already stirring up those gifts for you to do great things and, and the talents and everything you need to be purposeful in your life is already inside of you. It's just sometimes we have a hard time finding it, which is why here at TC, one of the things we make it our mission is we want to help people discover their purpose. We want to help you figure out what is it that God put inside of you that he wants to help you use to impact the world for the sake of heaven, for his kingdom. And so here at TC, there's a process called Growth Track. And matter of fact, right after this service, if you want to check out Growth Track, it's only, it only takes four weeks to accomplish but if you want to check out Growth Track, if you want to discover that purpose that God put inside of you, if you really want to say, man, I want, I want to know more about how God designed me to be able to create an impact in this world around me, and you want to know what that is, right after this service, you can go straight across the hall. There's a little banner that says Growth Track, and you can pop your head in there. You can even sit through one of the classes today. And as you sit through it, start to move towards that purpose and calling. And we want to take you on that journey. Why? Because I, when I grew up, not necessarily in my church, but when I grew up, I always had the mindset of you got saved and now you just hang on till Jesus comes. Don't just try not to do the bad stuff. Try to do the good stuff and then hope everything works out. I don't know why I said that like I was a NASCAR fan, but nonetheless, like, but that, that was my mindset when I, when I, when I was growing up. It's like, just try not to do the bad stuff, try to do the good stuff, hope you time it out right with the rapture, and when Jesus comes back, you're going to make it in. That was, how, that was how I used to think. But you know what? I have found out that it's a whole lot easier to stop focusing on bad stuff and good stuff when I'm focusing on the right stuff. And there's something God called each one of us to do. And for some of you, you need to stop worrying about the bad and the good. You need to start worrying about the right. Because there's something right he put inside of you, and we need to start using it so that we can create an impact for God on this earth. He's put it inside of you. 1 Corinthians 14, 12 says this, Since you have been, or since you are so eager to have special abilities or talents or gifts, since you're so eager to have them, the Spirit gives, 
then seek those that will strengthen the whole church. In other words, there's something in you that God wants to use to help this whole place accomplish more in reaching people for Jesus. There's something in you right now, and we want to help you find it. We want to help take you on the journey, and we tell everyone this, give us one year. Give us one year of your life of going through growth track, getting into small groups, and joining what we call our dream team. It's everyone wearing a badge uh, around campus right now. And everyone that wears a badge around campus, they're all serving on our dream team. And they're using those gifts, whether it's greeting people. Some people are just good at high-fiving, you know, just high-five masters. Some people are good at leading worship, like these singers up here today and the, and the band that was up here today. And whatever you're good at, whatever you have the gift of, God wants to use it to help the body lead so that we can help lead more people to Jesus. You see, because having your gifts and using your gifts are two different things. I said having, listen, having a cheesy pepperoni pizza with hot, bubbly, steamy cheese on it. Come on. How I many I know that's different than eating it? Come on, somebody, right? Listen, I'm not here to watch it's the same thing with our gifts. Having them and using them are two completely different things. 1 Peter 4.10 says, each, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. He's called us. He's called us to, to help take care of each other, to help lead each other, and to help go on mission. So we actually have the, the need to be needed. We actually have this need to belong. We actually have this need of fulfillment where, where when we belong and when we're connected and when we're using our gifts, we actually have this overwhelming sense of fulfillment. And that's where we get our, our scripture that connects to the idea that there is a ring ready. And so I told you it would mean something. So I'm going to give it to you. Luke 15, 22 through 23 says, but the father said to his servants, quick. Now, let me give you, let me catch up for those of you that don't know what's going on before I, before I move on too much further. The, there was a, two brothers, younger brother said, Father, I want my inheritance. And so essentially what he said is, I, I'm supposed to wait until you die before I get my inheritance, but I don't want you anymore. I just want what's the inheritance you have for me. And so his father actually gives him 33% of his estate. All in money goes out and wastes it on, on gambling and, and women and all this other stuff. So he can't just wastes it all away. And he finally comes to the recognition that it's better to be a servant in my father's house than a master of a pig pen. And so he comes back to his father, and that's where we pick up. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger. Say ring. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Say celebrate. Listen, some, some of y'all need more celebration in your life. Some of y'all need to laugh more. And you know what? Some of you need to find a place to belong that helps you laugh more. Some of you need to find a family that encourages you, that helps you belong somewhere, that helps bring out fulfillment. So Matthew 25, 14 and 15 talks about this idea of a man that goes on a journey. And before he goes on the journey, he leaves his people with some, what they call talents. I'm going to read that to you, Matthew 25, 14 through 15. It says this, again, the return of Jesus will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. 
To one he gave five bags of gold, to another he gave two bags of gold, and to another he gave one bag, each according to their ability. Then he went on his journey. Now, before we go on, so he goes on, he, he gives them all talents. Now, how many of y'all know the one that got the one bag was probably upset? How many of y'all been more concentrated on what other people are getting and what you're not getting than what you are getting? How many of you like, are like me? You're guilty of being more consumed with what everyone else has going on than the good things you got going on sometimes. But what we know is, is he entrusts each of them with something, hear me today, according to their abilities. Now, how would he know what their abilities are unless he had already tested them? Hear me for a second. Some of us are asking for more from God when we haven't been faithful what he's given us already. And the more faithful we are with what we have, the more prepared we are to take on what he has for us. And so he gives that to him. Well, then the one that has five, he went out and, and, uh, and invested it and doubled it. The one that had two went out and invested it and doubled it. The one that had one went and buried it. Because he thought, man, I only got one. I can't lose this. So he buried it so that when the master came back, he would still have it. And so we jump to 28 and 29. So take the bag of gold from him. And he gave it to the one that had 10 bags. Now, the one with one bag is like, okay. I only had one to start with. Johnny Smith over here done doubled his from five to 10. You're going to take my one and give it to him. And he says this, for whoever has will be given more. In other words, whoever has proven himself worthy to have, you'll have even more. But the one that has, does not have, in other words, those that have proven themselves unworthy, in other words, if you haven't taken care of what God has given you, then they will have it taken from them. And for some of you, hear me for a second, you've been trying to discover why you're on this earth and God's already put something inside of you. But if you don't start using what God gave you, eventually you'll lose that and the joy that's supposed to come from it too. And that's why we find so many people, how many of y'all ever met them 30, 40, 50, 60 year olds just miserable all the time because their life has no purpose? You want to know why? Because we never got plugged into the reality of what God destined for us. Chris Hodges says like this, God isn't going to hold us accountable for what we did in life. He's going to hold us accountable for what he asked us to do. And so we have that responsibility and Man, speaking of, I, I, uh, I've had this passion, amazing journey of being able to build a place where people belong. And, and man, I, I wouldn't say that we're the best at anything other than we're going to be the best we can be at loving people and making sure that nobody, no matter who walks through our doors, we want to love them to Jesus. And sometimes you got to be a little bit more than that. And speaking of belonging, I want to give you a video of my man. He's actually our newest staff member. Uh, it's Jawan and a little bit of his story and how he got to where he is today. Go ahead and roll it, guys. My name is Juwan Butler, and I was born in Denver, Colorado, but uh, pretty much raised here. My mom was Navy, so she got stationed here, and when she got out of the Navy, uh, she decided she liked Pensacola, so we ended up staying. 
I was like five when we uh, started coming to Hearts of Love. That's what Transformation Church was when we first started coming. And um, my mom was like, this is it. Like, this feels like home. I was like, yeah, I really like it here too. Obviously, I'm like five, so it didn't really matter <laughs> if I liked it or not. But uh, growing up, it's just me and my mom. It's always been pretty much just me and my mom. You know, my dad's not really in the picture, so mom has to play both roles. Uh, there's so many people that have come into my life since we started at TC, but one of the most important people is Pastor Brad. Um, at one point, Miss Terry gave me a little bit of the skinny on him. His dad was out of the picture and that kind of stuff. For that particular group, wasn't that uncommon. We actually, uh, at one point, like 90% of our kids didn't have their birth father in their house, so. He stepped up and kind of filled that role um, that I felt like I was missing as a father figure, uh, Anthony Gigoning. I really lean on him, even till this, to this day. He's one of my best friends, and he, he still, you know, showed me what it meant to be a, be a man and to, you know, eventually to love a wife or to, that I felt like a young man needed to know. You know, when I was younger, they would invite me to a lot of things. They would come to all my uh, school functions, you know. Uh, I was in RTC in high school, and uh, I remember Pastor Brad showing up and coming to one of my award ceremonies. Like, I didn't ask him to do that. He just showed up. My graduation, stuff like that. I didn't, I didn't have to ask them to come do that. They would just come because, you know, they, they were just showing me, like, I really do care about you. I remember we were at a, uh, it was like a men's retreat at Jubilee Church. And I remember Pastor Brad coming up to me. He could just tell that I was angry and I, I was, I had some, some unforgiveness towards my father for not being around. That conference in particular really um, was a solidifying moment, I think, for him to just reach out and tell him, like, you belong, like, you're mine. You may not belong anywhere else in this world. Like, you, you know, the very same thing my dad did for me when I was younger, you know, it's like, listen, you may go through troubles, you may go through situations, life is gonna hurt you, it's gonna knock you down, but you can always know that you have a place at home. Um, and wanting to be that for for him, uh, super important. And I remember he just grabbed me and he was like, I affirm you as my spiritual son. And I remember I cried, all, got snot all over his shirt, and it was a mess, it was a mess. But I remember that moment was where I felt like now I can start, I can start developing and start growing. Once I let go of that unforgiveness and that animosity towards my dad, um, I think that was like my turning point. I feel like I wouldn't be here today if, if it wasn't for Pastor Brad and if it wasn't for Anthony and uh, so many other people. Ooh, yeah. I already saw it once and it got me again. Uh, but it, it's this idea of who we aim to be because it's, it's so easy to not want to have to put in the work to love people sometimes. And Juwan took a lot of work. I'm just kidding. That's not what I was going to say. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, is man, there's, there's some fights that are worth fighting for. And if we're not fighting for people, then what are we fighting for? And so there's a ring ready because we're going to give our resources cheerfully for the win. What is the win? When we see people like Jawan come in broken and hurting and he came in as a young man, but maybe you're 45 in this room today. Come in and you're looking for something. We want to make sure that you know God, that you find freedom from whatever is holding on to you, that you discover that purpose that we just talked about, and then you start making a difference. And when you've gone through that, 
man, we call that a win. And there's a ring ready for you. There's a purpose ready. The ring is an analogy. There's a purpose. There's an identity. There's a belonging ready for each and every person that walks through our doors. And then that fathering idea leads us into the second portion. This is the next code. And that's the idea that we reach out and we lift up. We reach out and we lift up. And the tagline for that is that we will run to embrace and affirm sons and daughters. We will run to embrace and affirm sons and daughters. We will do it. We will always do it because that's the house that God called us to build. We will constantly create a place where people belong. And Luke 15:20 is where this, this particular part of the code comes from. And, and it says this, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And, and just to help create a, a, a picture of what's happening here is, is, uh, is this man, the, the father, in that time would have been extremely wealthy. He'd have had lots of money, lots of land, lots of animals. He, he was extremely wealthy. And even though he's, so because he was wealthy, he would have been dressed a certain way. And so for him to run in society would not have been the norm. He was always the person that would have been walking slowly. He would be walking purposefully. As a matter of fact, if he was outside of his house or his estate at all, it would have been for something very intentional. He would go and he would come back because he would have servants that would do all the other work for him. But in this moment, this father saw what mattered more than his prestige. It mattered more than what society thought of him. It mattered more than anything else. And he gathers up the garments that he's wearing and he runs after the most important thing in him his life and that's his son the same way that we as a church are going to run after people that need to be affirmed and embraced in this church we'll do it because we reach out and we lift up we reach out with grace and we lift up with truth we're going to reach out no matter where you're at today we're going to reach out with grace listen it does not matter how you got to today it does not matter how you got to this point. What matters to us is how God's going to change you from this point forward. We care about what God wants to do in your life. And so doesn't matter. your past does not matter. What matters is that we look towards your future and how God wants to continue to work in it, right? So our desire as a church isn't to solve all your problems. It's to change how you view your problems. Say problems. So Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8 says this, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And I want to take just a second because our, our, our desire is to reach out. But you know who, who deserves the reach out? Everybody. We're reaching out for everyone. Say everyone. Turn to your neighbor and say everyone. Look back at him and say, that means you. No, no, we're, we're reaching out for everyone. But here's the idea behind Jeremiah. And I want you to understand something very quickly as we get ready to wrap up today. Is this idea behind what Jeremiah is saying is that the tree that is planted closest to the flowing, living water never has to worry about the heat. 
It doesn't have to worry about the drought. It doesn't have to worry about anything else. And hear me today, for you and for me, we are trees. And if we're planted out randomly around the desert, we have to make sure that our circumstances are correct, that our surroundings are correct. Rain has to come often so that we can be fed. But when you're planted close to the stream, You don't have to make sure the circumstances and the rain comes because you're connected to a source that never ends. And for us in our life, we are like the trees and God is the stream. And if you're out planted wherever all the time, you got to make sure your circumstances are correct. That's why when some of us go through circumstances, it tends to knock us completely out of the game because we keep thinking that our circumstances have to be correct. Rain has to keep coming. We can't go through dry seasons. We can't go through that because we need this constant help all the time. But you need less help, you need less rain, you need less perfect circumstances when you're connected to the source that never ends. You don't need more hand-holding, you need more God-holding through your circumstances. And this idea behind Jeremiah, that's exactly what he's saying. And and so much so that I uh, I even brought this up to us here and This tends to be how we view our life. We we have boxes that we put our stuff in. And here's our worries box and here's our God box. And how many of you know that throughout your journey, your worries get really big? Can I get amen on that? How many of y'all got some stuff you're worrying about right now? Be honest. You got some things you're really looking at God. You're saying, God, I need you to help me with this. I need you to move. And what happens is our worry box is just full because we got plenty of stuff to worry about, don't we? The problem is, is we keep putting stuff in this box and it keeps getting bigger. But we ain't putting enough in this box. See, our God box is so small. And this is even how we see things. Our problems, our circumstances, they're so big. And our God is so small. And you keep feeding it and you keep feeding it. And and hear hear me today, the thing that you feed is what grows. And you keep buying into your worries and you keep buying into your anxieties and you keep buying into your fears and you keep buying into your struggles and you keep buying into your frustrations and you keep buying into what might happen and what might not happen and maybe God will move and maybe God won't move and maybe he won't come through and maybe my circumstances won't change and I gotta, I gotta make sure the house is taken care of and I don't know what we're gonna do about this pink slip and, and I just got this doctor's report and I just got this pain that I'm going through and I can't figure these things out and we keep filling up our worry box. Not realizing that it's time we start taking things out of the worry box and we start putting them in the God box. Because eventually, eventually, we got to change our perspective. We got to start putting things, we got to start seeing God as bigger than our worries. We got to start seeing God as bigger than our problems. Listen, 
Your worries may never go away, but, but here's what happens as you keep taking things out of the, the worry box and you keep dropping them into the God box. And so you take a little out and you, and you drop it in. You take a little out and drop it in. And, and the more you start giving to God, the more you start seeing how big he actually is. The more you start giving to God, the more you start thinking about how much he cares about you. The more you start seeing God correctly, the more you start focusing on, on who he wants to be in your life. And, and what happens is eventually you start taking things out of the worry box. But how many guys know that eventually you get to the bottom and eventually you've got to deal with the pain that you've never dealt with before? Eventually you've got to get to the, the bottom of the worry box with the thing that you've been praying for for a year, two years, five years, and you feel like you've gotten nowhere. Even for me and my family, man, when Jabin got sick, my son, for those of you that are new, my son passed away last year. He was sick for five years. And I'm not gonna lie to you, there was a lot, there's a lot of things that I gave to God, but there is one thing that stayed in my worry box. Because I knew God was big enough to do it, I just didn't know if he would do it. And the thing that you keep leaving in there, because you don't know if God's gonna let you down or not. Here's what I'll tell you. The only time that you'll actually be able to give that to God isn't when you take it out of the worry box, it's when you put the whole worry box where it belongs. The Bible says, God says, cast your cares on me for I care for you. And today, you gotta stop teeter-tottering with the things that you're worried about and just put all of those worries. Is it easy? No. Is it necessary? If you wanna live that life of purpose, because we wanna reach out and we wanna lift you up, but the reason we're lifting you up isn't so that you can be seen, it's so that you can be closer to God as you walk through this life. You need him. You remember the pictures that I showed you earlier? We got one more I wanna show you. Remember the, the pictures of the guys holding the moon and the towers and whatnot? Now, how many of you know he's not really holding that moon? Here's the thing. It only looks small because of how far away it is. And hear me today, and I've been there. I've, I've gone down the road of pain and struggle and hurt and even anger. But hear me today, God only seems small when he's far away. But the closer you get to God, the more you realize that he's so much bigger than anything you could face. The closer you get to God, the more you realize how close he wants to be to hold you, to carry you, to love you. And today, I pray that you hear what I'm telling you is that we have to start seeing God. See, the moon is 6,783 miles in circumference. That's a big moon. But from way back there, it seems so small. God works the same way. He's close by. But hear me today. If you're going to get through what you're going to get through, 
It's only going to be because God carried you through it. He's ready to do it today. He's ready to love you today. He's ready to take you on a journey today, and he's ready to help you fulfill purpose today. Why? Because there's no time like the present for you to put the ring back on, the identity of who Jesus wants you to be. There's no time like the present. There's no time like the present for us to reach out and for God to grab a hold of you and for us to to grab a hold of you in a metaphorical way, to reach out and to let you know that you're loved and then to lift you up so that no matter where you are in life, you're closer to the God that created the universe. He used words to put the sun, moon, and stars into space. He created everything that we see with just the thought and the words that come out of his mouth. And today he can and will handle everything that you go through because he's a big God. Can I get an amen on that? I said, he's a big God. Let's give him praise in the house one time. We love you, Lord. Thank you. Let's pray, guys. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, God, that your word says that you never leave us nor forsake us. And so God, I pray that you carry each one. Maybe as we're going through situations and circumstances, and God, as we are drawing close to you, I pray that God, you help every person find a place to belong. In Jesus' name, if you're here in this room and you need God in your life, you've been trying life your way and it's just not been working for you and you need Jesus to give you a fresh start. You need to be forgiven. You need need your sins wiped away. And listen, we've all been there. We've all been there. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. But you're ready for God to give you a brand new start and we're ready to help you on that journey. If that's you today, you want your sins forgiven through putting your faith in Jesus. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. We just wanna pray for you today. If that's you, we just raise your hand right now. Say, that's me, Pastor. I need God to give me a fresh start, a new beginning. Awesome, yes. Once you put your hands up, you can put it back down. Is there anyone else who says, that's me, Pastor. I need God to give me a fresh start, a new beginning. Maybe you're watching us online today. You're saying, that's me, Pastor. I need God to give me a new beginning, a fresh start. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer together. And the words of this prayer are communicating the, the actions that you've taken in your heart to put your faith in Jesus that he's paid for your sins and that you're following him from now on. And so we're gonna pray this prayer together and the whole church is gonna pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. So let's do it, church. Let's pray with our brothers and sisters. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. I thank you and I'll follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We celebrate. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.